All right, how's it going, everybody? This is Zach. You're listening to Anything at All. And today I got a special guest, long life friend, um, known him since probably birth, my good friend, Isaac. How's it going? Doing good, doing good. Um, so we had this conversation a while back on a topic we should discuss, and that was um, how how the film industry, I guess, or the film film quality, I guess, is, how would you put it? Film uh um, quality. The quality of film has degraded over the years. Degrade, yes, because you know we we grew up and um, in probably when we were nine or ten, Lord of the Rings came out, and obviously we were we were um, fascinated or fact. What's the word? Factuated. Uh, infatuated. Infatuated. Yeah, with uh, Lord of the Rings as we were, you know, Star Wars. Um, growing up and all those things, but looking at Lord of the Rings now and how they hold up to to the films of today, we were just talking about how how um it's, it's just kind of there's something missing. There's something missing in what in how people or films are made, right? Well, yeah, I think there's no. Uh, genuine stories anymore. Um, I had a professor. Um, uh, I went to school down in Redlands, uh, California, and it was a junior college. But all the professors who went there were from high-end universities. It was they were trying to donate back to uh, a community college by donating their time mm-hmm. to kind of teach people at a higher caliber than you'd normally get at a community college. Right. So anyways, I had this uh, uh, history and art professor, and uh, his brother-in-law was the head uh, for the storyboard for DreamWorks, the production company. So anyways, he had his brother-in-law come in and do an entire night on film, and it was extremely eye-opening. Um, <clears throat> and what it was was, what it was was, he says, traditionally, we had a st- we take a story mm-hmm. that the public was familiar with. You know, we take a story that uh, had already been exposed to the public, and then we would they would adapt it to film. And he says what they've done now is, you know, everybody everybody now has a price tag. So the writer has a price tag, the producer has a price tag, the, excuse me, the actors have a price tag, you know, a value. Yep. So say, um, say like J.J. Uh, Abrams, he has a value of, you know, 350000 and uh, Hans Zimmer has a value of $250,000, you know, for music. Right. And then you get an actor like uh, um, Robert, Robert Downey Jr. Yo, see. Yeah. <laughs> see, then, then you get, then um, say he's got a value of half a million dollars. Right. So they start stacking the thing together and like they go, okay, let was based on their value. If we put all this together, will it 
produce something that will make us money. And so they put the whole thing together, and they push it out, and, you know, the writer is the one who comes up with a story, but then they, you know, the production company says, well, you have to have this, 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 and this, this because it responds this way. And it became a business. And they became very good at pushing things out. And at first, the public responded, and it was like, ooh, wow, ooh, wow, ooh, wow. We were just enamored because, you know, the film industry was progressing and so forth, and the quality was getting better and better and better and better with the films and the CGI. Well, mm-hmm. we kind of hit a pinnacle. It's all about the visual. And now all of a sudden, all of a sudden, the visual is no longer what's so meaningful all of a sudden now it's the actual story and so now they've now they've come back into that realm of now we actually have to have a legit story we have to have, actually have something that connects with people we can't just plug it all together and push it out and i think people are starting that's why people are starting to disconnect from that right. i think also they're disconnecting because of social media oh yeah i think the the attention, the <clears throat> all the dopamine addictions that you get from that stuff has made it so that, you know, up-and-coming films are not exciting. Like you and I, I was, you know, I'm stoked to go see the Joker movie with Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah. Just because sure. I, <clears throat> I really like uh, Joaquin Phoenix, his style... And I also like uh, the whole Joker. Uh, there's a nostalgia about it because, you know, I watched the Christopher Nolan Batman series. Right. You know, and that... It's a familiar that, character. Uh, the uh, Heath Ledger Joker was uh, phenomenal. You know, there's a bit of a nostalgia there. And they did a phenomenal job on that series. But you compare that to, say you know, what they did after that when they decided to try and do the Man of Steel series and so mm-hmm. forth. And, you know, well, and so um, that's, I've been a big... That's the thing is, like, okay, if we were to now... Okay, let's take a few steps back to, like, Lord of the Rings. So, you know, Lord of the Rings was fairly unknown except for the books, and then you get to how they began to start to make the films. They they took They took that gamble on shooting all three of them back to back with a you know multi-million dollar um, budget and yet there wasn't you know today i feel like if someone was to take that risk a lot of company or production companies would not be willing to take that risk um unless it's something that has been um like the marvel movies and stuff that that have a formula that no will sell i mean and you can even look at the what the new star wars films right how they're so um, no pun intended. So forced in the way of visual, you know, is it all you know CGI? Is it cool looking? Um, it, you know, you bring in the the the, the well known characters like Han Solo, and you try to th- th- throw them against the wall with a new story, with all this you know new effects. With um, you know, you bring in the director J.J. Abrams, like everyone knows and stuff. Um, you you. Uh, Boiling something there, <laughs> but uh, and, yeah. Uh, so the point, the point is, is that Lord of the Rings took that gamble. No one knew about it, and then 
you have this this um this this move these three movies that stand I feel I mean I could be wrong stand against the test of what's what's been made after it since 2003 because then yeah you go right after 2003 you get into those Christopher Nolan films and then you start to see how all of a sudden the the film industry is like oh well that worked that worked let's just keep recycling it and then all of a sudden you're left with this um like like the last Jedi, you're like, what? You know, here you have the director trying to flip the script on things, um, as far as mm-hmm. what's known, and then you're like, well, you know, I could see how he thought, oh, I got to change it up because it's kind of like what we're talking about, how it's almost repetitive in the in the sense of the way films have been made, and then you get an audience mm-hmm. that hates it, and um, so we're now we're seeing this like pullback. You know, and like like what DC was doing with um, those, uh, you know, the Justice League was just slapped, slapped against the wall. And, uh, mm-hmm. I recently just watched um, okay, Wonder Woman. Yeah. And uh, again, they begin the whole story, and you know they they weren't doing half bad selling setting everything up and so forth. You know, it keeps going. And I, I again, I go back to, because I, I really think it's one of the best uh, examples of it, of taking something previously uh-huh. that was such a good story that had been, the story had been told and developed and it was a very good story. Um, you know, like Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings was a well-polished story, and that's and they took it and made it very real. And I think the other thing with Lord of the Rings is like you're talking about with the budget. It's you need to compress. You need to compress things because the best things are produced out of necessity and need. Yes. And so. Um, uh, what I think is, is uh, going back to Man of Steel, the very first Man of Steel, I was like ecstatic when I found out that was going to happen. Yep. Saw the first trailer for that when the last Batman, Christopher Nolan uh, Batman series with Christian Bale came out. And I was ecstatic because I had just come off of watching uh, the Smallville series. Yeah that they had done, which was Clark Kent leading all the way up to becoming Superman. Right. And then I had watched the original black and white and color cartoons of Superman, Mm -hmm. the original ones from the 50s, 50s and 60s. And, you know, so I grew up watching this. I didn't really get into the... uh, John Williams ones. I watched Superman Returns, and but there's some people that absolutely love those films. But so there was a nostalgia there, and you know you bring in uh, somebody like Russell Crowe who comes from the Gladiator oh, yeah. and things like that, and you know there's a nostalgia, about him. and then you've got you know popular yeah Zack Snyder. Yeah, and you bring it to together. Recipe thing that you're talking about. Right. They they bring it together and they're like, oh, 
these people all came from films that had stories that were, it was a well-told story. And so everybody's going, hey, this is, this has got some potential. And the movie starts out and it's, it's phenomenal. And it gets all the way through and then they get through this uh, fight scene at, uh, back in Smallville. Uh-huh. And they get through the whole thing. And the military shows up and all that stuff. And right after that, the whole movie went to crap. Yep. It, it just it blew up into this forced, you know, PC. CGI. I'm just CGI. Just it was it was horrible, and then uh, I never even watched the other films beyond that point. And it was, right. uh, you know, and then. So, so why is know. why is that? Why did you stop at that point? It was it like you just discouraged, or was it you know was something missing to the the formula there compared to like you know the beginning of the film or you know, the, the Lord of the Rings and everything. The story has to... Um, the story has to give you an emotional connection. Exactly. That's the, that's, that's the big thing about films yep. and music. They do the same thing. They have to have an emotional connection. They don't connect you with you emotionally whatever emotion that is that best relates to a scenario where you felt that emotion that it relates to, you're not going to connect with people. You know, one of the, um, you know, and when you use them together, uh, I think of when Lord of the Rings, when they uh, lose Gandalf in the mines of Moria and they come out, um, they use that track when everybody comes out of the mines and everybody's dealing with loss. Everybody has dealt with loss at some point. Mm-hmm. And an unexpected so, loss, too, for that. You don't expect mm-hmm. to lose Gandalf and so, halfway through the film. Mm-hmm. Especially, and so you know, it he, builds... He, you get that sense of, like, a, a father role with... Uh, Gandalf as like the leader, right? And then so you take that away. Mm-hmm. Now you're left with this group of people that were on a mission, and now now there's, you know, obviously that was the the low the low po low point in the film's arc, you know. And they do that mm-hmm. well. They do that part well. Instead of it's not like you said like that forced, or a lot of films they I feel like they skip all that and they just they don't have they don't follow that film arc. That is so key to why mm-hmm. we get, like you said, get attached. Which is why I think Lord of the or the Fellowship is one of my favorites, is because you get the, you get to know the characters and get attached to them when all things are good, and they're sent on this mission where they don't know, and the audience doesn't know how trivial trivial it's going to get. And then when you have that shocking moment when he he goes, Gandalf goes, then you're like, what, you know, and you're hooked, and then you 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 know. The characters you're with them, yeah. You know they got to prevail. Whereas you have Superman, who you know he's got super strength. You know nothing's really gonna kill him. Um, and like, you know, for what he stands for, fights for, maybe you know. 
I guess you if don't... they could have, I was going to say like in the Man of Steel situation, if they could have married the ending of um, Superman Returns with the beginning of Man of Steel, they could have somehow put those two movies together. They could have had something because, you know, the Superman Returns, the beginning of the film, that's with an opening, really cool, catchy thing. He catches the plane, so forth. That's cool and everything. Right. And then the movie just becomes dopey and just boring and pathetic, and it takes forever. And it, it's like, okay, you're more exciting. You're more cheering for the bad guy because at least he's exciting. At least he's entertaining to watch. Everything right. else is just sad and pathetic. Mm-hmm. And he finally gets to where he is, and then he's finally in the situation, and it's it's like then then Superman is actually exposed for having a weakness, and then it's overcoming something. And, that's it. Yep. You know. That that's that whole aspect, that human aspect, and relate to. Mm Mm-hmm. And which perhaps you think the new Joker film, like you said, they're I think they're bringing that humanistic, that human side of him to what draws him to become the Joker. It's not like, oh, here's the villain Joker, and. You know, we don't know his motive. Now they got us kind of rooting maybe possibly for the bad guy, which, you know, right, we'll see right. how that turns out. Well, well, what it, um, what I'm interested to see is, is with that film is, is are they really going to tell a story? There's no real, ba- real good backstory on the Joker. It's, it's not widely known. You'd have to dive into comics. Yeah. And you'd have to be real hardcore into the comics and so forth in order to understand backstories and so forth. So that's where I'm curious to see what's going to happen. But I'm wondering, is this going to be another Man of Steel situation where, you know, you go watch the trailers for Man of Steel and it's like, oh my gosh, this film is going to be amazing. Yep. Like you are pumped. Right. After those, especially the first trailer. Oh my gosh, that was beautifully done. And it complements, it builds you up, it builds you up, and then they start the movie, and you're all pumped and excited, and it keeps going, keeps going. And like I said, right after that fight scene in Smallville, all of a sudden the movie just. So, and it's like, well. Oh. So why are we and not? I'm, why... I'm, Go ahead. I'm part of me. I mean, part of me is super excited, but part of me is also nervous about the whole Joker thing. Yeah. Because is it going to be another Man of Steel situation? You've got things look so good. Everything's, it looks stacked up so good. It looks like it's going to be a good story. But are they actually going to tell a story or are they going to hack it? You know, are they just going to stack the cards? Well, yeah. and or right. stack the show. Yeah, and we, I think because I think the reason we're so uh, um, what's the word? Spec. Uh, the words aren't coming to me tonight. Um, 
particular skeptic, or uh, or skeptical. Skeptic, yeah, there you go. To skeptical. Been let down. We've been let down so many times by good trailers, um, which is why, and, mm-hmm. and we'll close with this, um, why are we not excited for the new and the last Star Wars of the of the last, you know, three saga or the tra- trilogy? I take it. I take it you've seen it. Rise of Skywalker. My, my guess. My guess. You know, nostalgia. If they wanted to bring back nostalgia, and they wanted to actually use the rest of the story thoughtfully, you know, you would have. Uh, Hayden Christian Anderson in there. Yep. You would have, uh, uh, you would bring back certain things, and you would, you would give give people closure. But I feel like all they're going to do is make it look like oh, life went on. Well, that and uh, they're, they're scrambling. Like they got to bring in the emperor. Like really, like you guys have done all this stuff to kind of break away from what you know the root of Star Wars is, and now you have you, you're telling us that anyone can be a, a Jedi, and like we have no emotional ties to these characters because you killed them all off, like Luke and Han and all that, and you know we all know Princess Leia should have died in space, but somehow she can teleport herself back using all these new yeah. abilities the Force brings, then why didn't the Force allow, you know, all these other characters to, you know, survive? And it's just like, I don't know, for me, it's a little too late, and, you know, like, try to, try. I mean, they'll still too make late. money, but it's like, no one, I don't, you know, I don't know. I just don't give a, I don't really care. I just, they, kill, they, killed, sad. they killed the franchise. Yeah, and that's that's my whole, I guess, point of our conversation is like, you can go from there's a there's a written formula that you got to follow and it's been made for you know decades with film and hopefully i guess hopefully in closing we could we can hope that the the industry's learned some lessons and now with the joker and with like it uh you know it too um or you know i don't know what other films are coming out but hopefully we're learning um, that you know something something's missing, and I think that is the the emotional tie the audience needs to have instead of this rushed, you know, uh, looks good to the eye. Because honestly, that's all that people would say is, well, it, you know, Star Wars: Last Jedi, it looked good. You know, it looked good. It, I, I thought it was cool looking. It's like, well, sure. CGI makes things look awesome, but a, 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 a two lightsaber that can then like be a switchblade to uh you know like a Darth Maul type, it's like that's cool. That's is that really how you're gonna try to get people into the theater? You know what I mean? Yeah. Well. Yeah. It's you know the same thing. You know that it's what happened to Star Wars Land in Disneyland. Yep. Everywhere I keep. Uh, I keep hearing nobody's interested in the place. There's no nostalgia. Yep. There's no connection. It's dead. Yep. And people don't even like Star Wars Lane. It's like, eh, it's okay. Right. It's just so It's like you spent that 
much money on it. And they're like, well, you guys love Star Wars. You're supposed to love it too, right? It's like, well, sorry, you know, <laughs> you've just thrown, you know, thrown everything up against the wall and hope something that is, you know sticks. Whereas, like, just stick, stick to the script, you know, like, don't try you, you something like, new. Don't and reinvent the way, the wheel. But, well, like you pointed out, like the whole Princess Leia flying back in. I was like, oh, so you're just going to crap on everything that has previously happened, you know, where it was the, you know, it was believable. Whereas now it's like, oh, you just ran out of imagination. (laughs) And then, you know, like, oh, so then we're going to get political. Oh, that's a whole Now we're going to get... We'll have to say that for another podcast because that's a whole other topic. And then we're going to get PC and, oh. and all, all this stuff. And it's like, where's the storytelling? Right. Where's, it's just where's storytelling. storytelling? It's, it's black and white. Like, let's not miss that. So, All right, Isaac, we're on that 25-minute uh, mark. Um, I think we'll have to save this, continue this conversation for another podcast. Um, I appreciate you having it coming on to the Anything at All podcast. And um, we look forward to our next conversation. All right, we'll catch you next time.